Hey, Vikings fans, welcome back. It's season six, episode five, All the Prisoners. We've got a whole lot of people in prison and a whole lot of people about to get out. So hang tough. Come right at. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Here we go. Is this the same music as last week? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. We got our own thing. <laughs> Not very Vikings, but... You know, it's cheery. It's, there you go. It's Seasons oh, Cheery. Did you hear that? We had the hatchet in there. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Ryan gave us the hatchet. That's our engineer. So... Ladies and gentlemen, AfterBuzz fans, welcome back to this week's Vikings After Show. It's called All the Prisoners, Season 6, Episode 5. We got a lot to discuss, but before we get into it, uh, let me introduce my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hey, y'all. We're back again, and we're so excited. Hey, Lauren's <laughs> in the house. Once again, I'm your boy, Al G, and we're ready to get into it. Okay, so we got a lot going on. Bjorn gets caught, kind of let go, then negotiates without getting too much. What was your whole impression of this 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 whole episode? Because there's a lot of back and forth going on. I feel like the title couldn't be more befitting mm-hmm. for this episode. Literally every character was some shape or form a prisoner, whether it was in their own land, like Lagatha right. and her folks, or whether it was Bjorn and King Harold. We were just dealing with a whole lot going on. And let's not forget Ivar. He's a prisoner, too. That's true. He's definitely, especially <laughs> when we realize he's like, he's got some strings. He's really like, I'm, I'm a puppet now. Mm-hmm. So lots of interesting stuff. Okay, so uh, for ladies and gentlemen at home, how we usually do it is in buckets or locations. We talk about what's going on in Katagat, and even that gets broken down into you know different parts of Norway and what I call Lagatha Island. Mm-hmm. And then we also uh, go to the Russian location, and we keep that separate as well. That's how we keep track of things. But um, let's just jump right into it. All right, let's do All it. All right, so Uber visits Vitzerk at the very beginning of the show. And Vitzerk, and we know we talked about this last week, we were the, he was given this great big assignment. Mm-hmm. And Vitzerk doesn't look like he's uh, in shape. He literally starts crying. But I don't know your thoughts. This is tough because... He- He's still being haunted by Ivar, and it's yeah. just crazy to me because out of all the brothers, everyone else has kind of like moved on, trying to figure out how to pick their life back up and make a name for themselves and carry on. And he is just still stuck in this very dark place. Yeah, it's, it, it's a little crazy. It's it's sad, and also because I know uh, Uber was doing the right thing by trying to empower something. That's a technique, you know? If you right. want to empower somebody who's having a tough time, you know, you, you give him uh, some uh, some responsibility. True. Clearly, he didn't know how far, uh, how far gone he is and how far he's, like, unable to rise to this, uh, rise to this uh, responsibility. Do you think uh, Ube should have seen that, though? Yeah, just a little bit, because mm. he's been falling off a cliff since the, like the episode one that introduced him right. in the back in the crowd drunk mm-hmm. we've just been watching him slowly just descend and descend and descend and it's it's kind of sad to watch because he's viking he's a son of Radnar and we're expecting for him to rise to the occasion mm-hmm. and 
it's just too much. And it, Uber should have known. Yeah, he, he should have known. I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, I guess, the right idea, the right intention. But he didn't give him much support. If yeah. you know your brother's having a hard time, you know, let me go sit him down with the priest, the healers. Yep. Let me feed him properly. Let's get him back in shape. Rehab. Rehab. Something. Take him in the water. Go swimming. <laughs> go walking around the village. Something. Anything, you know. And speaking of rehab, I actually thought when... um uh uh Vitzerk, he I guess he disappeared, mm-hmm. and then we see him in like this little hut. Yeah, I actually thought he was trying to detox himself. I thought what did you so think? too. Okay, that was my initial thought yeah. that he was trying to detox. But then we saw in the following sequence that he was nowhere to be found. Did he? Right. Did he make the attempt to detox and then slip back? I think that I'd like to think that they never confirmed that. But yeah. The fact that both you and I thought about it that he was trying so to detox it. and he just really couldn't get out of a, out of a spiral. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one thing I do know if. It, I know about that world a little bit. If you detox, you're supposed to have somebody chaperone you and look out for you. <laughs> Not just supposed to disappear on you. I mean, you can, but stuff's 10 times harder that way. And yeah. Um, So, yeah, he needs mental health. And that was one of the things I was constantly going back to in my head. How come they don't get him some help? Even though they don't have the seer, there's got to be some type of village healer or doctor right. or somebody. I don't know. I just, I just, he needed more support. It's just kind of like you're just kind of like throwing him out there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, Uber goes and looks for him after he's made this big announcement. Vitzik, mm-hmm. where you are? You ready? You ready to go on this uh, this mission? You know, on the uh, Silk Road, and you know, do this uh, great trade route for us. And he comes, or he they drag Vitzik to him when they finally find him. And Uber's like, "This is the second time you have betrayed me." Wasn't that deep? <sighs> it, do you think he's been a little bit harsh on him? I mean, as far as the take, he took it really personal if he's calling it a betrayal. The first yeah. time, I remember we dipped on him, right? He jumped off the ship to yes. go join Ibar. <laughs> that so that, like- that's a betrayal. But is this one, yeah, he let you down, but is this really a betrayal? You see, in the Viking mindset, In yes. the Viking, macho man, yeah. Viking way. Yeah, you yeah. know, we're supposed to have each other's back. <laughs> exactly. And there's no ands, ifs, or buts about yeah. it. We were given an order, and we just follow suit, You stand right? up, especially for family. Right? Yeah, yeah, Gotta yeah. have each other's back. And given the nature of their family name, right. this is so out of character for how they're supposed to rise to the occasion. Right. So, betrayal in the Viking eyes, yes. He did betray him because he's letting him down. And family is not supposed to let family down. So is he being harsh? Yes, he's Mm. absolutely being harsh because he should have never put him in that position. And I like how Gunhill and then there was another I forget the new the new character, the new woman who's been trying to like nurse him and kind of help uh, him. She's they both were like, you know, he wasn't ready for this, you know, but. Yeah, I think too. It's also I think uh, Vitzer. I mean uh, Uber. In his mind, he's probably moved on. He's like done with this kid at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe he feels like it's a lost cause, and yeah. perhaps that's the the initiation that he needs to kind of clean up his act and get his life together. Because we saw him go out into the city and kind of wander around, but is this going to be the next step for him to realize how fall like how far deep like he's falling mm-hmm. so maybe possibly yeah okay so let's go to another part of norway let's go to king olaf okay the big crazy buddha and <laughs> <his> uh, <laughs> and um we know that he's basically defeated 
uh, Bjorn. Bjorn and his crew has left with the tails between their legs. They barely escaped, um, you know, under the fire. Yeah. You know, we know somehow they made it and that they're surrounded. And uh, King Olaf sends word to them. My first impression was, well, I guess, well, did they really have a choice when Olaf is summoned and when you're sending a messenger to mm. him? Does he really have a choice? We were talking about all this. He doesn't really have a choice any other way, but I don't know your thoughts on the, no, on the yeah, message. We, we talked about this a little bit off yeah. camera because he doesn't really have a choice. That Look, it was generous of, of King Olaf to let him set up camp in mm. his eyes, right? Mm. We can kind of take that as a nice positive token of letting him live right. instead of wiping them all out when they were surrounded in the water. Mm-hmm. So we see who's it like kinda, pulling yeah, it the It kind of is right? what it is. So, but with that, so, but, but Bjorn, but, uh, uh, per the messenger, he takes the invitation to go, uh, to meet with King Olaf. Mm-hmm. And I do think Bjorn had a point that while they, that they were at a disadvantage and that they would have been wiped out, I do know that it would probably might have been more trouble than it's worth because Bjorn and those guys, they weren't going to go down without a fight. So they're right. going to take a lot of Olaf's people with them. And, uh, who knows, you know, if they got work back to his brother, uh, you know, Uber and, and those guys, you know, yeah. they might have definitely been coming for Olaf too. So I think actually Olaf made a wise decision as far as, I guess, not stamping them out. We're going to get on to the rest of that decision though. But he makes a proposal. He says, uh, Bjorn, uh, you know, we have had too much infighting all this time in Norway among all our tribes mm-hmm. and, and kingdoms, and it's time for Norway to be united. And I think he alluded to this. But, the, but like, the punchline is, you know, he's got Bjorn over there dusted off just being defeated. And he's like, Bjorn, you should be the head of Norway. <laughs> of all the, the kingdoms united, you should be our king. I don't know. Is that out of left field? You know... Briefly, it did catch me left field just a little bit because here I'm thinking King Olaf is I never really take him as a power hungry king. Okay, right. Interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's more of a king that just likes to manipulate people and have his own devices to watch people's reactions Mm. and their emotions. That's his fulfillment. That's his entertainment. That is his entertainment. Right. So uh, him t- to do this, I feel like this is just another level of him pulling strings, being a puppeteer, making some situation for him to watch everybody squirm mm. and try to figure out how do we get this? Like what king captures someone's holds them prisoner and then turns around and say, oh no, now I'm going to make you king. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what? B- b- besides all that, I mean, we talked about like the, the pluses and minuses of actually trying to, really snuff out Bjorn and his army but more importantly I think too that would always like kind of have him endearing to Bjorn Bjorn would always owe, owe him like a little bit of loyalty True. you think right yeah um, so if, if he's thinking long range and maybe there's some things we don't know about Olaf's kingdom who knows I don't know you think he's thinking long range I, I, I think so I mean I don't I mean I put it this way I've always thought Bjorn well I don't want to get too much into history, but I've always I've always felt that Bjorn would be like a great leader over all the tribes. True, but um, you know that's yet to be seen. But as we discovered, though, as Olaf is making this, uh, as he's pitching this idea to Bjorn, and we already see the wheels in Harold's head start turning. <laughs> What's going on in Harold's head? King Harold is not having it. He's not happy. He is not having it. I don't. He know. should be grateful. He got rescued by Bjorn. <laughs> he already least he's about to, right? Of course, we hope. We, hope. we would think, like, right. we would think a humble person 
who has been in captivity for mm. however long that right. he's been there, who hasn't been able to have meat, as we laughed about in last episode from last week. Right. You, we would think that he would have some type of humility and just be appreciative for life. But no, his eyes are <laughs> about to jump out of his head. Uh, his mouth is about to fall to the floor. And right. he is thinking, hold up, I should be the king. Because in his <laughs> mind, well, he's always been his own king, yeah. separate from Bjorn, even though they've uh, had these type of uh, alliances. And you know that as soon as he said that, while it makes sense, you knew the first thing in his head is like, dang, if Bjorn's going to be the king, well, really, I should be king in the back of his head. He's already, he's already said yep. he's already playing it out. So, I don't know. We're not, neither of us are surprised about King no. Harold. Um, you guys in the chat, let us know about Harold. Uh, we're not doing the live thing, but we are going to go back and read your comments from next week. But what are your thoughts on uh, King Harold and what's going on in his mind? Just very, I don't know. It's just, you could already see the wheels turning, and um, I'm going to save my prediction later on okay. for what's going on with that. Uh, I got my prediction. King Harold. Oh, okay. Uh. But anyway, the good thing is Olaf <laughs> sends him away, sends him with some food, and he's like, come, you know, and Bjorn's. Okay, I'll think about it. Meanwhile, we know there's like really nothing to think about. Right. How generous <laughs> but, of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we kind of like that. Oh, but back at the camp, too, at uh, Bjorn's camp, he sits down with uh, Kettle Flatnose. And Flatnose was uh, the guy, one of the guys who came back from Iceland. The right. guy. And we knew, we found, he actually came clean and talked about his role uh, in, the, in the rebellion. And at first, he tried to put it off on, um, what's this other guy's name? Uh, I forgot his name. I wrote, I wrote it down. But he tried to put it off. Oh, Ivan. Evened. Keel? Uh, e V Y N D. Yeah, he tried to put it off on Evan or Ivan. I, I forget how to pronounce it, which is probably true. But we do know that uh, Kettle Flat knows, like he took his revenge to like to the nth degree when he got slaughtered the guy's family, and he definitely was disobeying a uh, uh, Floki. So I'm actually that actually gives me a little bit. Well, I don't want to say it gives me more hope for the character because he's he, he saw the wheels going off in his head mm-hmm. when he was forced to. Uh, Forced to admit that to his part uh, in that and on how the whole ice, uh, Iceland settlement kind of you know dissolved and why Floki went away and Bjorn is smart enough to say okay I don't think you know Floki would just walk away because of this one guy he knows this he knows that so yeah, yeah. so obviously uh, Kettle Flat Nose played a huge part in the rebellion maybe the biggest part in the insurrection and but with that said though when we think back about when Floki left. It, while all this discord was going on, it wasn't like they were they had the knives out and Floki leave. Floki was literally frustrated by what he saw as an unattainable situation. Right. But but it wasn't. I guess I'm saying uh, to the extent that uh, Kettle Flat Nose is saying that he left us on on his own accord. That is true to a certain extent. They a just didn't bit. really give him anything to work with. You know? Right. And it just got to one of those those points of a situation where it's like. There's more harm than good that's coming about with me being here Mm -hmm. because no one is really, really understanding the vision or catching the vision. And we're too stuck in our own ways to really try something new. So he was hoping, hopefully. Right, and uh, good would come out of it. And as we know, Floki. I mean, he always trusts in the gods. So yeah, we always know (laughs) the gods have something else waiting for him. Okay, so with that said. when Bjorn tells uh, Kettle Flatnose, you will always be responsible for Floki's death, in mm. my eyes, you know, basically until I see Floki. Right. I like the fact that Bjorn is not letting him off the hook, 
But I always feel like when you telegraph your intentions or your grievances with somebody, what's the next thing that happens when they cut to kettle flat nose? Yeah, he's ready to kill. He's him. like, okay, maybe right. it's time for you, you to gotta die. You got to go more. too. Yeah, I'll so. take you out too. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's the only problem I have with like telegraphing something, and and to an extent, uh, I guess. I don't know if this is hubris on on Bjorn's part. He's always been a leader, but actually nobody's been able to been to overthrow. He's he's had defeats in battle, like with Ivar and stuff. But I don't think he's ever or ever seen or even uh, dreamed of somebody actually questioning his loyalty or overthrowing him. And if and if Kettle Flattenose is still a, a subject of his, right. he probably wouldn't even think this guy's uh, has the has the power to do anything. But as we see, uh, Kettle Flattenose, he just seems to have his uh, his uh, hands in a lot of pies. I'm wondering if he signaled. To like those bandits, the ones who were, you know, who Bjorn had kind of like uh, right. ostracized. Because uh, I felt like I almost saw him in one of those visions attacking. We the, definitely thought we did. We thought last that was week. him. We thought that was we him. We did. And I don't know if we, maybe we were wrong. Uh, well, but. but- it's just so much going maybe on. you guys did you guys see and you guys go back and watch last week's episode uh, Lauren and I we thought we saw Kettle Flatnose as the one who was uh, invading Lagatha Island and uh, all the uh, the shield maidens uh, little village um, but if it wasn't him, I feel like there's almost an implication because uh, they keep cutting back to him when they're talking about like disloyalty. And there was another thing too. I guess uh, one of the one of the uh, the first people who who came to uh, who were the first people to come to warn uh, Bjorn that uh, King Harold was taken. Mm-hmm. I guess he was one of the people that was trying to dip out when they were under the fire. I didn't notice ah. that. I, I, yeah, I went back and I watched that. I saw that on the internet. There's these two guys like trying to dip out, you know, when they're about to get caught in the fire trap. Huh. And those were the guys who actually came to warn him. And oh, so that's why he made that reference yeah. that you've done enough. Yeah, you've done ah. enough. So you know those guys are like already, uh, already not, you know, are working for the other side anyway. Gotcha. So uh, anyway, mm-hmm. I think that was interesting. So yeah, but we okay. So Kettle Flat knows we know like we can't count him out, and we're always gonna have to keep an eye on that guy. We have to wonder like really what is his plan? Like come on, he came in hard, and now we're really just starting. We knew we knew his hand, but we're really now just starting to see them revealed. That he wants to take over, take over. It's not just about taking people, and it's not just about Iceland anymore. Ice- yeah. yeah, it's not about just taking people back. What? What in the world? I don't know, man. Uh, this is an interesting. You got to, but and then, like Vikings is one of those shows where you can take like a an abstract character like that, and they can do a lot of damage. So yeah. very interesting. All right, so let's shift to another part of Norway. Let's go to Lagatha Island, and where she is. Trained all the shield maidens and the widows, you know, to fight again. They bring prepared. They've got the little boys out as the scouts, and they're in the trees and out in the forest. And so we see the bandits coming, and one of the boys starts a little smoke signal. Right. Okay. I love that. But then we cut to one of the other little boys, like, spotting in the tree. And he gets shot by an arrow. Yep. Okay, it's not looking good at that point, right? No. Anna, what were your first thoughts? Okay, so I was excited to see the kids involved uh-huh. because it was very strategic on lag at this part mm-hmm. to get to utilize everybody. And I mean, it's kind of one of those situations where you have to utilize everyone you because have to. your resources are very, very, very limited at mm-hmm. this point. 
But at the same time, they're kids. Yeah. And, and, and normally they've been trained. Like Viking kids would start at a very, very young age. But mm-hmm. as we are shown and it's revealed later on towards the end of the fight that these kids, yeah, they might be skillful in using a bow and arrow, but they're really not skillful in the mindset and the tactics of of an actual war and the battlefield. Yeah, it's like nothing can actually prepare you for that. When you see troops coming and even if you're in a tree, how are you going to hide or if you're going to get down, you can have enough time to escape. I was like, these kids don't have enough time to escape. No. So two of the kids get killed, right? Like right off the bat. But we see that um, Lagatha and her uh, shield maidens, you know, they have kind of like set a trap and they've allowed them to come inside their little village and then they catch them by surprise from the rooftop with the bows and arrows bow and arrows right oh that was so clever that was a cool scene right yes yeah so you start to see uh, the bandits you know they're a little bit in disarray and they have to take cover but I don't know. That's classic Vikings, though. I felt like, yes. yeah, like, okay, that's the, the little, the little turnaround and, you know, the Lagatha's going to flip the script on him. So I was happy to see that. And she's fighting like a mad woman. A couple of the women go down. One of them just seems like really scared. You know, she's not, a, she's not a warrior, but then there's the other woman's name who's kind of like, like her warrior, like her right hand girl. She's a yeah. G. She's going out. So they're fighting these men and they're actually starting to turn the tide. When two, some of the older men too come out. They don't yes. have a shield, but they come out with their axes so they kind of are able to uh press uh the bandits from like from the flank from another side right so it finally looks like they're turning the tide uh on the battle what did you think about the whole battle your thoughts i thought the battle was extremely clever the resources were used thoroughly and efficiently everyone's strength because we all know like the older men they weren't necessarily super strong right so it was very, very clever and unique to have the younger boys on the rooftop protecting the older men with mm. the bows and arrows. I thought that was it was awesome right. because anytime that they kind of like had a little hiccup or it looked like they weren't going to be able to fully like take on their comp- their opponent, mm-hmm. the little boys would just hit them with an arrow. Right, right, right. They hit them with the support. They hit them with the aerial (laughs) support. great teamwork. So I thought that was great. My only, only reservation about the whole scene was that they were fighting up until the point where it actually mattered. And for me, looking at Vikings, they should have finished them off. That, I feel like that's that's always the case. I thought that, but where would we be with, without having like another re-up for the next episode? But to your point, to your point, you start hearing the guys, the the, the bandits saying, "Let's go, let's flee, and time to flee." Had a moment to let them flee. They actually, it, it watching it as a viewer. Uh-huh. It literally felt like everyone just kind of like stopped, folded their hands, mm. waited a moment, and said, "Okay, we're gonna let you walk away." What? Question though. Let's <laughs> let's think about it. My impression, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I also had the impression that it was kind of a stalemate, and the stalemate kind of went to the home team, went to Lagatha and the crew. The fact that they were able to fend them off and they weren't able to get any grain. Yeah. Okay, the guys, the bandits were like, let's cut our losses. And I guess it wasn't. I guess I didn't. I'm saying it wasn't overwhelming defeat or a rout, but the fact that they were able to stop them. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't know. You felt that they could have turned the tables and just kind of chased oh, them down man. and killed them. You think I they felt- had the numbers and the and the and the and the weapons to do that? In that moment, okay. I feel like if they would have kept the rhythm, okay, and continued to hit them hard, uh-huh. 
I feel like they could have over. Just keep up the momentum and run the momentum, them down. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, we need the writing to continue. <laughs> yes. You know. We need to see what happens. We need the next writing week. to continue. So um, I'll be. I'll just. I'll just be okay. Yeah, we call that plot armor or hole in the plot armor. <laughs> so little Haley, Bjorn's mm. son, Bjorn and Torvi's son, who uh, Lagatha is obviously you know taken under a wing and watching. Uh, comes out after the uh, the bandits are retreating, picks up a sword, yeah. thinking everybody's gone. Hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm picking up a sword, and I'm being a brave Viking warrior, too. What were your thoughts the minute he did that? My, like, literally my face was like, <laughs> seriously? Uh-huh. Seriously, is yeah. this what's gonna happen? We knew it was a rap for him, right? Yeah, we knew it was a rap for him, and a hatchet to the head. <laughs> in a way, yes, this was extremely believable because of go. his child. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> in a way, we can accept this because it was extremely childlike behavior. Right. However, and we're talking about uh, when uh, when the leader of the bandits just comes and like cuts him down because there was one straggler left. Correct. Comes and cuts the kid down who he didn't see and nobody saw. Him. Correct. And Haley waving the sword around yeah. on the on the battlefield. Yeah, we can believe it because it's childlike behavior. But at the end of the day, they are Viking, and I'm expecting some of these kids to grow up how we watch bjorn and uber grow up and it was no playing you know they kind of nipped that in the butt because of the seriousness of the battlefield and it was just sad to see that that aspect of their culture was not taught simply because of how they're transitioning and moving and yeah they're transitioning they're being in this move where they're all expecting peace right yeah it's a good point nobody's really expecting a war least of all the kids and they definitely caught them at a point where they were with their guard down. Yeah. Um, yeah, the kid, he was so sweet, though, too. He was, he was sweet. like dying in Lagatha's arms. He's like, did I do the right thing? Was I brave? I did I do good? And she's humoring. She's like, yes, you will be with the gods. Odin will take you to Valhalla. I mean, I don't know. What else could you say to the kid at that point? I know. There, there isn't too much that you could say other than to do exactly what she did, which was to comfort her and comfort him and, yeah. you know, be a grandma in that moment. And soothe him in that moment so it was sad it was it was it was very very sad but it was also just like seeing a mirror effect of how bjorn's generation grew up and then watching the third generation and you know just watching them grow up it's night and day so okay so yeah so we know uh holly if i'm pronouncing his name right he dies there was uh two other kids that died right is it one or two I know that one lady said her son died. I know there's a kid that died in a tree. Oh, and another one got ran down when the bandits first yes. started coming. And we had, a, obviously, we had a few, uh, several of the shield maidens that went down. Yeah. Um, so they took some losses. They have this funeral at the end. And at that point, Lagather is addressing who's left of the village. Okay, we've taken a loss, but we were, not a loss, we've lost lives, but we were successful in fending them off. Right. They did not get the grain, so they were successful at their mission, they stood their ground, but at the same time, they will be back. Correct. Who? I don't know, the fact that I would, <laughs> I would have, 
in the back of my head, I'd always be thinking they come back, but I was surprised she brought that up at the uh, at the funeral pyre. I thought that was very. Um, well, she's I, a very straightforward. Yeah, she's person. straightforward. There you go. That's Lagatha. That's yes. Lagatha. Like, okay, I'm not. She's not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-mm. Okay, so she proposes that because we've taken this loss of life, if this person has died, our grandchild has died, that person has died, and that we've already built something here that. She doesn't think it's worth abandoning. Now, my thoughts immediately was like, yo, let's bag up. <laughs> let's, let's go back to Uber like, and all them in Kattegat. You know, in the, main, in the main town of Kattegat where you got protection. Y'all only been here a couple of weeks anyway. That was my thoughts. Yep. But uh, the women seem to agree with it. Your thoughts on, like, the, I guess, uh, the, the, you, the, what do you call it? The, the United uh, idea about staying. Your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you and I, our thought patterns were the same. We were like, let's just dip. Let's go home. Let's go back where we're protected. But understanding the Viking way, understanding the Viking mindset in nature, you you have to stand your ground. Who's going to make you run out of your your home? Because now this is their land. This is their home. Lagatha, although she put her sword down, picked the sword back up, her nature is just that epitome of strength. Right. And in that aspect, we're not going to be afraid. And that's something that we saw and heard throughout this this whole scene at least what maybe five six times uh-huh. each character was saying i'm not afraid we're not afraid yeah. i'm not going to be afraid none of the women who are pregnant they are afraid they're down <laughs> so yeah. if there's any overarching theme throughout this episode definitely it's, it's, you know stand up good call good call okay um so we know that Obviously, uh, this isn't the end of it. They're going to see the bandits later. Uh-huh. And I remember, too, Lagat the saying, maybe we can get word out to the other villages. So you never know, like, quite, okay, where's other people? Because I didn't know there was that many people out there. You I know. know. I don't know. There's other Vikings that close. Their gathering was a lot larger than I Yeah. And so, we put, <laughs> and so one of the guys, um, uh, and maybe he was the one who we thought was Kettle Flatnose, but one of the guys who Bjorn had blinded, right? Correct. He seemed to be the leader of the bandits, right? Yes. Okay, so we assume that that bandit crew is made up of uh, the several crew of guys that, uh, that that Bjorn banished. Right. And I guess, you know, some stragglers, you know, from throughout the, you know, throughout the, I guess, that part of the town, that part of the land. Yeah. So, and Lagatha says she's going to put the word out to try to get help for them, and I would definitely see like people rallying around them, you know, especially, you know, she's uh you know, she's the ex wife of uh of Ragnar and Bjorn's her son, so I see her getting help. I just don't want to see them have to struggle again. Right. I, I want I want them to fight, but I want it to be more decisive. I don't want to see them take any more losses, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. But we're uh, we're not gonna see any more. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. <laughs> help is on the way. All right, let's say that for predictions in. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Rus. Let's go to Russia. Okay. <laughs> We're going to Russia, where we have uh, King Oleg uh, and his new best friend, Ivar, or her was his best friend, Ivar, I thought, and little prince uh, Igor. And we open, it's actually uh, Ivar and Oleg are speaking, but supposedly in there in the uh, in, in the Vikings' native language, right? Correct. Okay, so you brought a good callback too about the, the strategic reason for somebody mm-hmm. doing like that with the captor or a captee. Break it down. So we got a chance to see him talk with the young prince, and we realized that he's talking in Russian, right? Okay. And he's like, "Oh, now we can talk." Okay. Right. So. 
it kind of just made me, and we talked about this off camera a little bit, and I just went to some of the old history that they've had when Ragnar was trying to learn the native language so that he could be a little bit more strategic and right. have a better understanding of the land, the culture, and understand how he can make his moves. And I was just like, man. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, so any kind of knowledge is power, including cultural knowledge, Absolutely. knowledge of the language. So, and we know that... um and we know that while Igor sees uh, uh, Prince Oleg as the all as the all powerful ruler, Ivar kind of drops the seed that uh, it's not really him that's the ruler of everything. It's actually you, young Igor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought that was very. I know. I know you think. Of course, what else would Ivar do? <laughs> the front descent. I still think it's a very. It's a very dangerous game because all Igor had to do was go back and say, uh, "Technically, I'm the ruler of everything because Ivar told me." That's would have been all it took, and it would have been a wrap for Ivar. But I guess uh, you obviously it was worth it, and you think it was worth it, and obviously true to Ivar's character. Oh yeah, it's very true to his character, and it's. I think it's totally worth it because. If I had to make just if I had to acknowledge the similarities when it comes down to writing, Ivar is walking in Ragnar's footsteps right now okay. and just following whether he realizes it or not. And he, maybe he does realize it from the time that he spent with his dad when they were both captive. But at this at the at, in this moment, Ivar is being extremely strategic and he's he's taking the risk, as we see, not only with the young prince but also with his brother Mm -hmm. and just trying to see where can he fit in because right now he doesn't have any allies. Right. And he has to risk the biscuit right now. He just, he really does. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose at this point, right? He's already dead. (laughs) Yeah. And, but, okay, so the upside is, is that uh, Prince Oleg is, He's he'd kind of been deciding that he was going to go try to take Katagat, but this time he's like he's taking a definitive step. He's like, I've called up my warships, I got my soldiers ready. We're about to do this as far as you know, take Katagat, and you will be the king. Yep. And Ivar, he's smart. He immediately knows that for this guy to be saying that with that type of tone, that really he's meant to be kind of like his puppet king. Yep. And that's why I use the terminology. He's already dead uh-huh. because. In this moment, he's he's at rock bottom. Not only is he now, you know, being used as a puppet, but he doesn't like he doesn't even have a say anymore in the sense of how their relationship first started. Kind of like Bjorn, he was a prisoner too. All this stuff we think he have all prisoners. this, you know, all this uh, all this decision making ability, and yeah, they're all prisoners. Yep. Right. Okay. So yeah. So very interesting. So yeah. So you alluded to the fact that obviously Ivar's wheels start turning. So he starts, you know, he starts crawling out. And I'm like, how come he's not using his crutches? You know, and he's sneaking around. You know, the, the horses and the stable. I'm like, well, we haven't seen Ivar crawl like this in a while. And he crawls up into the brother's uh, cage. The brother Dior, I believe his name. And the funny thing is, I didn't even recognize that it was the brother last time. The one who was chained up yep. with the with the big ring in his mouth. I had no idea who that was. Talk about they did. A good die, I good, I good job on makeup, and he was like literally snarling like an animal. Oh yeah! And so the idea was like his brother was treating him like a dog, turning him into a dog. But Ivar goes to him, and he gives his uh, and he begins his pitch about you know you might be set free. Well, first of all, break it down. Did he actually say he was going to set him free? Or no. To, okay, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't, so I, so break it down. What was your what was he intimating? So, this was really clever because we obviously know he's a prisoner. So, 
the assumption is that he hasn't had food in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And here Ivar comes to him with this big, juicy turkey leg, bone, something. <laughs> Another Brontosaurus <laughs> burger. It was huge. And he, immediately, he immediately goes ham on it. And it's just one of those situations where you just see Ivar get his way. And you, you see, even though we didn't see Ivar smile, mm. I feel like in that moment, you could just feel the warmth <laughs> and just see, like, in, in that moment, he won. The moment that he accepted the food, Ivar won. He, he won. Yeah, and he knows how to play the political game just as much as we see the political game of um, of Prince Oleg wanting to install someone who's from that area, who's right. actually home to that region of Katagat, an old king, to give it a little bit more legitimacy. Uh, Ivar knows that if he's able to, if they're able to depose Prince Oleg, that having this uh, his brother Dior, who was also a king, you know, will help him in his quest. Right. So, yeah. I wonder if they're even going to make it. Well, that's a good time. We'll say that predictions. I wonder if they're even going to make it to Katagat at this point, or if Ola's going to make it to Katagat. I mean, Ivar's doing everything in his power to kind of like just in the plan like he's he's doing everything that he can on the back end to turn the tables and i i have a feeling that you know okay if they do make it it's going to be delayed a little bit okay good stuff all right and by the way uh lauren has a little entertainment segment coming up but before we do that i want to give you guys a shout out all those you were nice enough to comment uh last week in the chat um, was I the only one, this is from Alexander, was I the only one getting Ragnar flashbacks from Paris when Harold fell down? Okay. The, uh, okay. Ink, ink stain. The scene where they told the story of Ragnarok reminded me of season one when uh, Aethelstan and the Vikings told each other their respective creation in this. Okay. Uh, Troy Edwards. This episode was so intense. Ivar will get revenge. He has a long one. I think he will seek out Rolo. Rolo, yeah, we forgot about Rolo yeah. for help. Uh, it's been a while since. Yeah, we've seen been, it. obviously, I think I think he's right. They're going to incorporate Rolo back in there. Uh, John G says Ivar must die. <laughs> <laughs> and then he already called out Bjorn's plan. Bad plan, Bjorn. This is before they got caught. <laughs> uh, uh, Nathan Kelly says all of a sudden the sons of Ragnar forgot. What catapults were in the siege attack? Okay, yeah, I yeah, haven't seen we, any. Come on, good now. point. Good point. We haven't seen any catapults, right? No, we haven't. Okay. And that was like the biggest weapon that they came up with. That was just so. And they like uh, it also pouring the hot oil and the fire and everything. Okay, uh, uh, Black Panther. As bad as Ivar may be, he had a bad rap from day one, and the same people he is fighting against. Were the culprits the only person who actually ever cared for him was his mother? Okay, and Floki, I think too. Yeah. Uh, I'll read one more. This is from Audrey Aubrey. Team Ivar. People starting like Ivar, so maybe there is some redemption on on the on the Possibly. horizon for Ivar. Uh, I'm sick of people calling him a psychopath. <laughs> okay, uh, because clearly he is not this. He does what most kings do. He killed the enemy, whether they're foreign or domestic. Uh, last one. Number one, since I doubt that the show will be accurate when it comes to the Vikings timeline, I will guess that the show won't go on for much longer because the show is taking place around 780 DC and the end of the Viking Age was, uh, uh, 1066 AD. That's a whole new cast, maybe two new casts if they want to be accurate this year. So, okay, yeah, we are at the, at the final season. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that said, uh, Lauren, do you have an update for us on entertainment? I do. After Buzz TV News. 
So this week's entertainment is hot and juicy. We are talking all things Bjorn. If you haven't seen the latest cover of Men's Fitness, you have to check out Alexander is on the cover, bringing back a top knot, and he is shirtless. Ladies, <laughs> I guess some gentlemen too. <laughs> he looks good. He's, he's, he he's in shape. Good. All we can say is that Chrissy Don, who is his co-star and girlfriend, you are a lucky woman. Hey. <laughs> so, ladies, let us know what you think about that in the chat. What do you guys think about Bjorn? And uh, we know, we already know the ladies love Bjorn anyway. Oh, yeah. in, in the show and uh, in real life. It's funny, on his Instagram, I do believe, he said, hey, this cover came out, but I don't look like that now. You know, the holiday festive oh, okay. eating and all that good stuff has gotten to his abs. So he's sure maybe he lost not. like half half an ab or something like that. Probably, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right on, Bjorn. Keep doing it for the ladies, man. With that said, okay, before we get out of here, we got to talk about predictions. Your After Buzz TV oh, predictions. Yeah. So many things. Um, well, I guess first let's talk about, you kind of already alluded to the fact that Ivar is doing a lot before they even leave to Katagat. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to get to Kattegat with the and with uh, Prince Oleg as their leader? I guess. Ooh. Or do you have any predictions about that? I don't mean to put words in your mouth. Do you have any, Do you have any thoughts on that? Okay, so here's my deal. I think they're going to get delayed a little bit just because the shift of power mm-hmm. and trying to figure out who's going to be leading and all of that nature. But I do believe that they're going to get there, and I. Definitely believe that Ivar is going to have a couple things up his sleeve that's going to give King Olaf or Oleg a run for his money. Right, most definitely. Um, and someone who had their own prediction, not really a prediction, but a, a vision, was Gunhill. She actually had a vision in the middle of the night, right, of, of one of the kids getting shot, you know, yeah. over at Lagatha's Island. Um, I had, I didn't even know she was kind of like spiritual like that. I didn't know either. Yeah, well, in, um, anyway, with that, so she, is she riding off to go and try to give aid to them? At the end, where is she going? Well, she's riding off to go find out what's happening. Right, right. She needs to go and discover if this is true, if it's not true. You know, Uber's like, oh, no, it's not lagging. Yeah, they're fine. Oh, they're good. Yeah. And right now, they're just kind of taking precaution and making sure that they're covering and making sure that Lagatha actually is okay before they just write it off. Right. So uh, Okay. And one last prediction. Um, King Harold. We saw his wheels turning. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we all know that he's not going to let this plan go down. He can't let Bjorn become... I don't think he can let Bjorn actually be the king and actually occupy that seat. He's kind of played second fiddle to Bjorn before. I don't think this time he can actually let him like take the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, so I predict Bjorn is going to have to partner with somebody. I don't know who that can be. I don't know if kettle flat nose or or these bandits or who i don't think he partnered with rollo i don't think rollo would do that but i'm ladies and gentlemen who do you think uh harold can eventually partner with to kind of destabilize uh bjorn's upcoming regime thoughts interesting okay and with that said ladies ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us thank you for joining us lauren uh my name is Al, and uh, you can find me at Algie underscore Jamaica House on IG and Lauren. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lauren B. Mosley, S-M-O-S-L-E-Y. Hey, everybody, join us here every Wednesday night at 10 o'clock for the Vikings After Show.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 